on Labor Day uh, weekend. Um, so September the 5th, Children's Church will be reopening, and we're going to be doing ages 4 to 6, and they're going to be back in the gym where their Children's Church room is. And so next week, for anyone that's signed up to help out with Children's Church, we're going to have a brief meeting next week. Um, so uh, if you can come and help out with that. Um, but today, nursery kicks back off, so you might not hear quite as much crying today. I don't know, but if we do, I'll take it. I'll take a baby in here, baby in there. Hey, if we got babies coming, we got people coming, that's a good thing, isn't it, right? That's, that's life. It's a sweet thing, a wonderful thing. Um, but a couple other things happening this week and, and upcoming the next few weeks. Um, the seniors ministry going to Mabry Mill and seeing what all they can get into over there uh, this coming Thursday, the 26th. Meet here at the church at 10 o'clock, all right? I'm assuming somewhere along the lines, y'all probably going to get some food to eat, ain't you? Right? Yes. <laughs> right, somewhere, <laughs> go find something. Um, but y'all, y'all have a good time, so uh, make sure you come out for that if you can, if you're available. Um, then as well, um, Labor Day weekend, of course, as you guys know. Oh, let me back up. August 29th, so next Sunday evening, we'll be having the Lord's Supper service. It'll be in the uh, evening service at 6.30. Um, we do that so that we're not just tagging the Lord's Supper on to the end of the service. We want to make sure that we are dedicated for it, our minds and our hearts are prepared and ready for it and can receive it uh, properly. So uh, make sure you come out and mark that on your calendar um, August 29th, next Sunday evening at 6.30 and be prepared for that. Um, then Labor Day weekend, we still need some help out for, uh, there's a sign-up sheet in the back for anyone who wants to help with the parking lot ministry. This week, I meant to bring them in here, we just got our tote bags. We're giving away tote bags with uh, magnets with the church uh, logo and stuff on there. We've got some other little giveaways and church information and bottles of water we're going to do for everyone that parks here. We're not charging anybody a dime to park here, by the way. It's donation or anything that anybody wants to give. It's going to go directly for missions and for special projects that we can do to give back to our community, uh, to our missionaries, and, and to, to reach the lost with the gospel. So if you can help out, we've got three shifts on that Friday and Saturday. We've got a 6 to 10, a 10 to 2, and a 2 to 6. If you can come and help for four hours, that gives you the other eight hours to go shop the flea market or eight hours to make it from one side of town to the other, depending on uh, the traffic, right? But if you can help out with that, I know it would be greatly appreciated. And uh, so mark that down your calendars. We hope to have you there. Uh, of course, the ladies' retreat is still uh, on and going. And if you've got any questions for any of that, please see um, Lynn Pratt or Lou Ellen, all right? And uh, they'll be able to answer anything you've got going on or help you out with any of that, all right? Now, that's all I've got for major announcements. But this morning, um, I do want to um, give a, a brief announcement for those who were not here in Sunday school. And it's a, a difficult announcement. Um, we, had, uh, we had a death in the, in the church yesterday, um, or last night rather, um, uh, Odell Dalton passed away unexpectedly. And so uh, please pray for the Dalton family um, during this time. Uh, we don't have many other details or anything, but uh, please pray for them. And I know that it will go a long way and will mean so much. Uh, and so think about them, pray for them during this time. And uh, with that being said, uh, once we know some more, we'll be able to give that out uh, later on this week. But let's pray this morning. And I know that this morning uh, there's a lot of heavy hearts in here today. Uh, but today, God is still good. God is in control of these things, and God knows. And God is here to receive your heart, regardless of where you're at right now or what your circumstance is. The Lord says, come unto me. And so that's what we're here to do today. Let's go to the Lord. Let's praise Him, worship Him, and ask Him just to help us today, because we need Him uh, today, certainly. Uh, but let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank You for this morning. We thank You for uh, this new day of life that we have. We're grateful for uh, the work that You've done already this morning and for the the lessons learned from your word and through the power of your scripture and your Holy Spirit. I pray, God, that you would prepare us this morning, prepare our hearts, God, for uh, worship today, or that you would um, uh, bring our hearts together in unity as well as, God, that you would point our hearts to the cross, point us to you today, God, that we might glorify you and magnify you and worship you uh, with, a, with a clean heart, with a heart that has the right attitude behind it and motive. Lord, as well today that, God, for those who are hurting, I think especially today for the Dalton family uh, at the unexpected loss, I pray, God, that you would help them give them peace and grace uh, during this time, and Lord, that you would give them wisdom and understanding and, and just help, Lord, and help us to, as well as we go through the, those emotions and things, that you would guide us, direct us, and strengthen us. But we do pray as well today that, um, that everything that we say and do would bring you glory and honor. I pray, God, for your help, and Lord, in all things that we do. Lord, uh, prepare us as well for this uh, upcoming few weeks as we're starting new ministries back again and as we're preparing to reach out to the lost and to the community, um, through the parking lot ministry. I pray, God, that you would bless it that you would prepare the hearts to come to this place, that we might be able to put uh, the gospel into their ears and into their hearts, Lord. 
And we just thank you once more for this time. And Lord, that you would have your will and your way today. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please stand if you're able. And we'll sing one of my favorites, My Jesus, I Love Thee. Sing it from all your heart. If you love Jesus, sing out for his honor and his glory. Seventeen.
sing from your heart, and I know it'll please our Savior. second sir Amanda I gotta get a drop out of my mouth here y'all excuse me <laughs> all right Joanne speaking Let's go. 
said amen half has never yet been told get the rest of my papers here all right we're going to have a little prayer time now and please y'all join with me in prayer we'll have a little quiet time to start with and reflect on things that we need to pray about of course we need definitely pray for the dog family how tragic it is to even hear that and can't imagine how it'd be for a loved one so remember that family and remember our pastor as he brings the bread of life to us may God give him liberty and unction and give him clarity of thought and speech and challenge us from the word of God to change be willing to change and draw closer to our Lord and Savior. So now let's have some quiet time. Father in heaven, we thank you for this time we can come to you in prayer. We thank you for the privilege of prayer. We thank you, Lord, for this time we can gather together and honor you. And we thank you, Lord, for the privilege to praise you in song. And we ask, Lord, you just meet with us and help us to continue to do that this service. We pray that the songs that we offer up to you, that would, they would please you, honor you, and glorify you. Please help our pastor bring the bread of life to us and speak speak to us through him, Lord, and use him as your vessel, as your voice, Lord, from the your word, the word of God, and challenge us and convict us and encourage us from your word, Lord, as only you can. And, Lord, we lift up the Dalton family to you and Ask, Lord, you would comfort them in a great and mighty way. Lord, it's tragic and shocking and sad to lose our brother in the Lord and our loved ones. We ask, Lord, you just help and comfort as only you can. And, uh, Lord, we give you the praise, honor, and glory for all that you do here today in the Dalton family's life and in song and preaching and worship. We love you because you first loved us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, please stand as we, if you're able, as we sing hymn number 147, How Great Thou Art. What a beautiful song. Consider all 
Amen. What wonderful songs sung this morning. Uh, if your heart's not stirred to worship the Lord through that and prepared for the preaching, then you must not have been here. You must have just got here. You missed out. Uh, praise the Lord for, for the worship that has taken place. Thank you to also to those who have been willing to step up and to sing um, up here. Uh, it takes guts to do it. Um, I sang a special this morning in Sunday school, and y'all missed that out. But uh, those that were here, you know, it, it's scary singing up here. And uh, thank you as well. Um, to Amanda playing piano uh, this morning. Um, I appreciate it. What worship has taken place today. Amen. Take your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter number 6 this morning. Ephesians chapter number 6. By this point, you probably have a marker in your Bible at this uh, passage. Hopefully it's written up and it's underlined and highlighted and circled and everything. I hope that your Bible is falling apart. If your Bible's falling apart, that means you're probably not. If your Bible's falling apart, that means that you're studying it. You're getting to know God. You're walking with Him. And so I pray that I had it told one time um, <laughs> by no one here, by the way, that how much are you going to preach out of that passage? It wasn't this one. It was another one. <laughs> they said, you done about went through the whole thing, so I don't know what else you could do out of it. And I'm like, I could dig on one verse and dig, 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 and I'll never get to the end. We'll never get to the end. Yeah, that's the beauty of God's Word. And this morning... As we're continuing our study through spiritual warfare, I've very much felt spiritual warfare lately. Very much felt that, and I don't know if you haven't, and it's not just this thing that you go, oh, it's a spiritual warfare. It's got to be spiritual warfare, right? Because you tripped and fell or because you messed up, that's not spiritual warfare, right? Spiritual warfare is literally, it's the idea that the, the gates of hell are unleashed upon God's church. They're, they're coming upon us. The devil in the world and your flesh would love nothing more than to have worship not take place this morning. The devil and your flesh and the world would love nothing more than for you to be discouraged this morning and to say, well, it's not worth it today, or I just don't feel like church today. You might not feel like church today, but church is still very much commanded to gather and to worship. Church is still very much commanded to gather and to grow and to know God today, whether you feel like it or not. We okay? I hope so. Ephesians chapter 6, I want to read for us to get the whole context as we have each week. Today we're going to be focusing on the next piece of the armor, which is the breastplate of righteousness. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Today, if you need strength, if you need power, which we need both today, not just in the church, not just in the preaching, not just in the service, but in your heart and in mine. It is going to not come from your flesh, but from the power and might and strength of God and God alone. But put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And notice these next few verses of emphasis. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, 
and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank You this morning for the songs that have been sung. And God, if I just be honest, this morning I need help this morning. I need You to fill me, to strengthen me, to, to allow me to preach Your Word boldly and accurately. And Lord, I know that this morning it's heavy in here at the loss. I know it's heavy this morning at burdens in our hearts. Lord, it's heavy this morning just thinking about the state of the world and, and even a spiritual warfare that's taking place in lives and in homes and, and within this church today. But God, I pray that You would protect us, that You would clear our hearts and our minds so that we might understand Your Word and that through the power of Your Holy Spirit that we might be changed today. Oh God, that we would pray like we used to pray. God, that we would desire change like we used to see. Oh God, we, we used to see revivals and we used to hear about them and we used to hear about people getting saved every services and we don't see it anymore. We used to hear about, about preaching, people getting right and getting their lives right. God, we just, we just don't see it anymore. Today, God, would we see that? God, today, would it be us standing clothed in Your righteousness, choosing to live and to walk in righteousness? Help us today, O oh God, that You would give us exactly what we need today. Nothing more, nothing less. Meet with us today. In Christ's name. Amen. There are many who go in the spiritual battle today who are not clothed in the armor of God. In your kitchen drawers somewhere in your cabinets, you've got a couple of things. One, you've got cling wrap or saran wrap. And you've got tin foil, aluminum foil. Not aluminum foil, you've got aluminum, right? Aluminum foil, right? Y'all know, y'all are from here. Y'all know how y'all say it, a bunch of rednecks, right? Aluminum foil, all right? Tenfold, right? It's not even, you skip out everything else, right? You use those for a couple things to wrap things up in. Keep things fresh to protect things. Now let me ask you, if you're about to go into battle, now if you're about to go into battle in the kitchen, you're probably going to have those two things at some point, especially at a potluck. But if you're going into spiritual warfare, if you're going against the devil, if you're going to be having flaming arrows being shot at your heart, would you wrap yourself up in saran wrap or cling wrap? Would you? Well, no, of course not. How about, how about some aluminum foil? Would you do that? Right? It's a little bit thicker. It's heavier. It's got some sort of metal in it. We don't actually know what it's made out of, but there's tin in it, I guess. I don't know. Would you wrap yourself in that to protect your, your vital organs? Would you put that around your body so that as the flaming darts came at you, you'd be protected? Do you think it would do much good? No. If a toothpick can go through it, imagine Satan's flaming darts to your heart. How about this? Would you go so far back to use the, the wonderful armor against sin that Adam and Eve used called fig leaves? Of course not. Because what we find is that saran wrap and tin foil, aluminum foil, it's just going to be a fake armor. It's just going to be a fake righteousness that will not protect you in the heat of battle. And fig leaf religion is just a, a self-righteousness that is not a real righteousness before God. There are far too many believers today who are clothed in cling wrap that's see-through that we know, and God certainly knows, that you're not a real believer or you're certainly not in the fight of faith. And there's plenty others wearing uh, the equivalent of tin foil in their spiritual warfare, and they wonder, why do I keep getting beat up? Why do I keep losing? It's because you're not clothed truly in the armor of God. And then there are those who don't even bother to put armor on and they just cover up their own nakedness with fig leaves or whatever they can find to cover their nakedness in shame. And that is doing nothing but deceiving self and leaving oneself to being obliterated by the enemy and to be killed by the enemy, to be slayed, to be slaughtered in the heat of battle. We need today the breastplate of righteousness. But I want you to know this righteousness that we're going to speak of is, first of all, we're going to find that it's a righteousness of Christ because unless you are in Christ, you're not even in this battle. Unless you know the Lord Jesus, you're not even getting it today. This isn't even for you. You must be born again. You must be clothed in the righteousness of Christ because if you are clothed in your righteousness, it's nothing but filthy rags. It's trying to 
use uh, uh, oil and dirt as soap and it doesn't work. It smears and it smudges and it stains. And that is who you are without Christ. You are stained with sin and it must be blotted out. But you cannot blot it out. Not by your good works, not by your own righteousness, and certainly not by your blood, but it's only through the shed blood of Jesus Christ that we can be declared righteous and be made righteous before a righteous God. That we can go from being unrighteous, unholy, unclean, impure, to being clean and righteous before the sight of God. Not because of who we are or what we've done, but all because of Jesus the righteous one. But there's a second portion that is being specifically dealt with today about what righteousness means. It goes further. It is your own personal righteousness. We have lost that. We call it a word that is almost forgotten about, almost a dirty word in most Baptist churches today, and it is called personal holiness. We take to to heart far more life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness far more than the pursuit of holiness. If you want a happy life, be holy before your God. If you want to live a life that is worth something, that is useful, that matters, that means something, it will be through holiness and nothing else. Separation from the world. Separation from sin. Separation even from our own lustful flesh. We need holiness in the church of God today. We are clothed in saran wrap, which is clearly seen, where there's those Christians today who don't even hide their drinking or their sin or their morality or their adultery or fornication or lie, whatever it is. It's clearly seen through. There are those that try to cover themselves in their own righteousness of the tenfold or the fig leaves, and God clearly sees, and we wonder why homes are ravaged, why churches are ravaged and in decline. We blame just the world, but it's time we put the mirror on ourselves and realize we've lost a desire for personal holiness. And the reason why we don't want personal holiness is because we don't want the holiness of who God is. It's because we don't really want the God that we claim to know. It's because we've ceased to know God like they used to. Some of you seasoned saints out there used to hear preaching like that all the time. Used to hear and see the sawdust trails and the camp meetings and there wouldn't be a time you'd go to church that somebody wasn't getting right with God. Nowadays, we can't find a tear anywhere. You can look under the pews, and there's not one there. You can try looking in the songbook, it's not there. You can certainly try in the good clothes, and in the good deeds, and all the busyness of ministry, and yet there's still dry tears, dry eyes, rather. Why? Because we've lost what it means to know a holy God and to be holy ourselves before Him. It's the same book, the same Bible, the same God that still says, be ye holy. And here we're called to put on the breastplate of righteousness. He's not calling us to put on the breastplate of experience or of emotion. It is that of righteousness, of personal holiness. Do not think that you fool God for a moment. You might fool the preacher. You might fool the people in the pews. But you will not fool the pure, holy God of the universe. We need to be made right. We wonder why we're losing battles. We wonder why it seems as if we're losing the war. It's because God's people have ceased to be righteous and holy before Him. That God would get a hold of our hearts today. People say, oh, I want to go to church to feel the presence of the Lord. I wish to God He would give you the presence. Because you'd be before Him on your face. There wouldn't be any more dry altars. There wouldn't be any going through the motions. But we'd realize who God was, who He is, who He shall ever be, and we'd be changed by His presence. We'd be changed by His holiness. When we talk about this wrestling match, when we talk about this whole thing, we get to this place in verse 14. Stand therefore. Stand. Stand. Having your loins girt about with truth, we addressed this last week. This is the belt of truth. Having everything tucked down, and cinched up, ready for the battle. There's plenty of belts being worn out there today. Why? We've talked about this. Keeping everything together. And for them, before they even got in the battle, before they put even the rest of the armor, the belt of truth was on. Why? Because the next piece, (coughs) excuse me, there is 
a connection that I want you to get today. A connection that is missed. We often look at each piece and we just go, well, I just put them on and like we treat our blue jeans or our t-shirts and that's not how the armor of God works. Unless you first put on the belt of truth, you cannot hook on or latch on the breastplate of righteousness. The, blessed, the breastplate of righteousness is literally hooked on to the belt. It's fastened in place. It's a conforming thing. It's not some loose, willy-nilly sort of breastplate. It's not one size fits all. It is conformed to you so that you might be able to move in battle, that you might wrestle against the enemy, that you might stand your ground, that it would not be cumbersome to you. Far too many treat the Christian life as cumbersome because they're trying to do the Christian life based upon their own goodness, their own ideas, their own theology. We wonder why it's cumbersome. It's because we cannot uphold the law. We cannot uphold the righteousness because that's not who we are in our flesh. That's why we need Christ and Christ alone. But this connection, before we have this breastplate of righteousness put on that is shining and bronze and protecting our vital organs in the front, and as well, mind you, it's preached a million times, right? Got no armor in the back because we're not in retreat. We're not in retreat, no. But the breastplate literally did wrap around the back. It covered us from all sides. It, it covered every entrance that could come in to destroy us from the inside out. That could pierce your heart, pierce your liver, pierce your kidneys, pierce your lungs. If you lose those in battle, you're going to die. And the issue at hand is, spiritually speaking, we have walked around with everything except the breastplate of righteousness on, and we have not been cinched up with the belt of truth, and therefore we have taken arrow after arrow after arrow and we wonder, how did we get here? It's because, first of all, as we addressed last week, that we don't really believe the truth like we say we do. We must be girt up with truth because it is truth that will then hold up righteousness. Because the truth is that we have no righteousness. The truth is that those of us who do have righteousness, it's an alien righteousness. It's not our own. We've been bought by the blood of Jesus. We are justified, declared righteous in His sight. Not because of your church attendance, goodness, or anything, but all because of the goodness of Jesus. It is Him and Him alone. It is through His death, His burial, His res resurrection. It is through His Word. If there is no truth, there is no belt of truth, then there will be no breastplate of righteousness. I want to share with you a couple of things as he says here. Stand therefore having your loins girded about with truth and having on, to put on is the idea. It's to put on... Keep on and don't take off. Many of us, the reason why we sin, it's because we take off pieces of the armor as we go about our day. Oh, I must be safe now. I'm in my home. Oh, be careful. For it is when you are in the comfiness of your home that the devil is lurking everywhere. From the computer, the television, to your own heart, where your own flesh, where you go, well, no one can see, no one can hear. Oh, but God does. Instead, we choose sinfulness over righteousness it's because we don't hold the truth romans 13 tells us about putting on he says and that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe you know what that means that means jesus is one day closer today to his return than he was yesterday the end of all things is one day closer than it was yesterday. And if you say today, well, I don't know about Jesus returning. I don't know about all that stuff. It's just confusing or I think it's just a scare tactic. All right, how about this? You are one day closer to standing before God today than you were yesterday. And not a single person in this place knows when their day will be. If there's anything that should drive us to holiness and a fear before God, it's the fact that we're going to stand before Him one day. There's far too many today and I know that this is a touchy subject, but there are far too many today watching last night, Little, we Little League World Series. You ever watch that, right? Baseball player, little 11, 12-year-olds, it's great. I'd rather watch them than Major League, just saying, you know, it's true. You watch them last night. This young man, I think 12 years old, pitched a no-hitter. Impressive. And in the stands, they interviewed his mom and dad. And he's literally brought to tears because the accomplishment of his son. And his son will grow up and he'll play baseball and he still has one in millions upon millions of chances of even making it to pitch for the Atlanta Braves or whoever else. But he has a 100% chance of standing before God. And we care more about what our children do 
and ball practice and making sure that they're entertained and not that they know what righteousness looks like. You want to teach your child something, teach them holiness. If you want your child to know the love of God, let them see the love of God in you because of how you live. The greatest example for, their, for every child in this place, it's not the Sunday school teacher, it's not the nursery worker, and it's not the pastor or youth pastor. It is mom and dad. They're looking to you. They're looking to you to know what righteousness means and what living with the breastplate of righteousness on. What are you teaching them now? Because what you teach them now is going to stick with them forever. What you applaud now is what they will accept and promote later. And it will get worse and worse and worse. Oh, we blame our young generation, but let's remember, we're the ones that allowed and taught the things that our new generations believe. What one generation tolerates, the next one accepts. What one generation accepts, the next one promotes. What one promotes then becomes militant in it, and we're facing a world that is militant against the gospel of Christ, and the church must regain its militancy. We are called to be warriors. Called to be warriors. Clothed in righteousness. He says, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting or drunkenness, not in chambering or wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. This breastplate of righteousness, it is there. It is walking in light, walking in the day, walking knowing that we're going to stand before God. Colossians 3 as well tells us what it means to put on, to put on, means to put on and to not put off. We have things that we're told to put off, and it's all the wickedness and all the sinfulness of our flesh and the things of the world. We're called to put on Christ, to put on His armor, to fashion it down, to lock it down upon our lives as we stand firm as the enemy comes. Colossians chapter 3, verse 9. Back up to verse 8. But now He also put off. You know what that means? To put off, to take off. To put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bound nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels and mercies, kindness and humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And if we do those things, what happens? He says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Today, we clearly see that we have a personal responsibility to put on Christ. We are to wear Him as a badge of honor. We are not to wear our own wants and wishes, desires and dreams. We lift high the banner of Jesus. We don't even lift high the banner of a church name. We lift high the name of Jesus. If we make much of Jesus, God will take care of the rest. If we tell folks how to get to heaven, God will tell folks how to get to our church. We have missed the mark of what it means to live righteously and to call people to righteousness. We find the connection there in verse 14 of the truth and righteousness. The two are inseparable. But the next thing that I want us to focus is the covering. The covering itself, which is the breastplate. Historically, the breastplate would not just cover the front, but the back. It would be made of bronze and leather. Oftentimes, it would even cover down, not just from here to here, but it would cover the neck down even with leather straps going down to the thighs. Because in this hand-to-hand combat, in this close quarters battle, where they're fighting, not with guns, but with swords and knives and bow and arrow and flesh and clubs, It gets nasty and dirty and difficult. And there's constant 
uh, threats all around. And so they were to put this on and it would latch down on them to conform so that way they could go into battle and to be both uh, able to move and be mobile, but as well be protected. A set of armor, a breastplate, if you will, if it was well taken care of and well maintained, it was nearly impenetrable. Arrows could be deflected right off of it. Uh, as a sword might come in if someone had a, 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 a blow bounce off of the breastplate in the middle of this battle. The importance is this. We must take care of the armor. And the armor will take care of us. Physically speaking, the soldier had to take care of it. He had to make sure it did not grow rusty. He had to make sure that he took care of it after battles and cleaned it. That he was prepared. That it, uh, any dents that might get put in there, that he would fix it. That it would always be prepared to be worn in case of the call to battle. The call to battle was made the moment that you trusted Jesus. The moment that you surrendered to be a soldier for Christ was also the moment you trusted Jesus. And the moment that the battle is over is when you leave this world and not until then. Until then, the battle is still raging. The war cry is still out there. The covering, though, spiritually speaking, we are to put on physically, we think about putting on every day as we put on our shirt, or we put on our watch, or maybe we put on deodorant, depending on what day it is. And we, you know, right, we're getting ready for our day, right? We think about, we're putting on Christ. We're putting on Jesus. Because when I walk out of that front door of my house, I'm taking Him with me. I'm to be led where He leads me. I'm to go where He pleases. I'm to do as He says. And I bear His name and everything that I do and everything that I say. I represent Christ. How do we represent Him? Far too often, we just choose not to. We just ignore. We ignore that, oh, oh. It would be like a, a soldier going to battle and taking off his American flag and hiding it because he doesn't want anyone to see who he's for. Far too many Christians are doing that today. We're too afraid of what the world thinks. Too afraid of what the world thinks and what others think. And we're not nearly afraid enough of what God thinks and what God says. We have lost what it means to have a holiness and a righteous fear of who God is. It will drive us, not away from God, but to His feet. In humility, and that we would ask Him, Lord, clothe me in Your righteousness. Lord, that I might put on You daily and walk with You and walk for You and live righteous before You. If there's one thing that God has placed upon my heart in this past year and a half, which I don't know if y'all know this, but in the past year and a half, there's been apparently a lot of stuff happening in the world. They've had, you know, all kinds of stuff, right? If there's anything that stuck with me, it's this, that regardless of what happens in this world, I'm going to leave it one day and stand before Him. And so will you. I'm thankful I'm clothed right now and found to be righteous before the sight of God because of Jesus and His blood but I want to be found daily walking in His righteousness. There's what the Puritans called an imputed righteousness, which is what we receive at salvation, where we are imputed or given a, a declaration of righteousness because of salvation and trusting in Christ. And then there's what we call imparted righteousness. Imparted righteousness is exactly what the Apostle Paul is talking about here. He's saying to those of you who are already clothed in Christ, now put on righteousness and walk that way, live that way, act that way. If you go, well, how do we know that? Go read the rest of the book of Ephesians and he says, walk, 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 walk. He tells us how we are to walk, how we are to live. Now, I'm not one to tell you about what liberties should, should not do, right? Where you have pants and link the all that stuff, right? Types of music, right? That's up to you and God. But there's one thing is this. I'm here to call you, as well as my own heart, to true righteousness. Because there's a difference between a false righteousness and a real righteousness. There's a difference between those that live halfway in and halfway out. We need all of it. We need all of God, but He also needs all of us in this battle. We need to give Him every ounce of who we are. This spiritual breastplate, by the way, this breastplate of righteousness, as we've talked about the historical one protecting your lungs, 
and your heart and your organs and all the things that, mind you, keep you alive, your righteous living before God acts the same as a shield, acts as a breastplate to keep the devil from piercing us to the heart, that keeps the world from dragging our heart and pointing it to, to the rest of the world. It as well is the same thing that spiritually protects our, our mind, our, our heart, our back, our everything that keeps us alive and going. <coughs> Excuse me, spiritually speaking, this righteousness is what allows us to live the Christian life. According to Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Because mind you, in case you did not know this, if you were crucified, that means you were dead. And we were about to die. And there was no getting out of it, talking your way out of it. There was no halfway crucified. You either was or you wasn't. That's it. Today, are you crucified with Christ? Do you know Him? Have you been bought by the blood of Jesus? Today, if not, there is no halfway for you, but there is hope for you. He says, Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. The only reason why you're alive physically today is because the Lord allows you to be. The only reason why that you're alive spiritually today is because it is Christ who spoke that word of life and drew you from being dead in your sins and trespasses and saved you, regenerated you, gave you a newness of life, a new walk, a new nature, a new attitude, a new outlook, a new desire, a new purpose. And the purpose is the glory of God. The purpose is to fight the good fight of faith. And we don't fight it by our own strength, by our own power, but it is Christ in us and through us. But Christ liveth in me. This is imparted righteousness. I want you to know, every wicked act that you commit, and you say, well, I don't do such wicked acts. Baloney. You do and so do I. Because if we're in the flesh, we're going to sin. And Every time that you sin, every time that you do something that is bad or wrong, it is an act of your own power, strength, and self. Now, every time that you do something good, because occasionally we might win a battle or two, right? Praise God. You know something? Every good act that you do, whether it's paying for somebody's food or delivering meals or sending a card or even your prayer life, you know what it is? It's not you. It's Christ in you. If all I could do was the stuff in my life through my own strength, it would be nothing but a pile of dung before God. The only reason why an any of us do an ounce of good in this world is not because we have an ounce of good in us, but rather because we have all of God in us. Because Christ is in us and living through us. That's why it's by Him, through Him, for Him. It is all because of Jesus. That we are made righteous and that we stay righteous in our position. But this comes now to where we're at here. This is where the rubber meets the road. We have looked at the connection in verse 14 of the truth and righteousness, how you won't have one without the other, and you can't have righteousness without the truth. We've looked at the covering of the breastplate itself and what it does, and its historical meaning, its literal meaning, its spiritual understanding of how it affects my life. But now lastly, I want us to look at the concern. The concern of this breastplate of righteousness. The concern is the heart and holiness. It is your heart. I cannot put on holiness for you. You must put this on yourself. You must gird yourself up with truth. You must put on the breastplate and be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ the righteous. It is you who must put this on and march valiantly into battle, not by your power and strength, but by His it is you who must decide whether or not you will stand for Christ or fall like the rest of the world or fall with the world or because of the world or your own lustful flesh. The concern is the heart. Why? Because as your heart goes, goes everything else. If your heart is pierced by the world, the flesh, or the devil, everything else in your life will go as well. 
If what you breathe in for your lungs is toxic because you're breathing in the world or what the devil whispers or what your flesh desires, how can you fight? You can't. You will quickly be choked out. How about the rest of your vital organs that keep you alive and going? Right? We see it's the inside that matters before God. Holiness. Not holiness and righteousness to be saved, but because you are saved. We have lost that burden because we don't really understand all of who God really is. We either have just too little view of sin and just too little view of God that we miss out who He really is and who we really are. To put on this breastplate of righteousness means that we're there to protect what comes in our bodies and to deflect the things that will come to destroy us, to kill us. One does not get killed because he gets scratched on the skin or a paper cut. He gets killed in battle because he's not wearing his armor and the flaming darts of the wicked one, the flaming darts of the devil, come screaming in. Light us up. And if we don't deal with it, we will perish in the battle. And I would say even more so that while you are in charge of your own holiness before God, you are in charge of decisions that you make, I cannot make you more holy. I cannot even make you closer to God. You are as close to God as you desire to be. Most of us aren't that close because we really don't desire it because it takes something. It costs something. And it causes us to be humble before Him. And we just don't frankly like that. And what you know today is we bring this and wrap it all up. And I wish it was wrapped up in a pretty package or a pretty bow, but I'm giving it to you as best as I can. As goes your heart, goes your home. Dear dads, moms, grandpa, grandma, as your heart goes, goes them youngins. As your heart goes, goes that home. And as that home goes, goes our society and our churches. We blame everything else except ourselves. Now, your child's got to make their choice when they get older one day. It's your job to raise them in holiness and righteousness. It's your job that you'd be the demonstration of it. That they would see what it means to have a, a hunger for God. That your child might see you in the morning or in the night watch with your Bible open. Maybe even a tear-stained Bible. Praying through the Scriptures. Meditating upon who God is. Praying for their souls. When's the last time we had a burden about a soul, let alone a burden about our own? When's the last time we were burdened over our own unrighteousness, our own unholiness before God? We wink at sin. But God will not be mocked forever. We wink at sin because we can't hold our eyes still enough to behold who God is and weep over our condition. We think that revivals of yesteryear are so far gone, we'll never see them again. Well, we won't with that attitude, will we? We certainly won't with that, with that lack of holiness and righteousness in our own lives. When real revival comes... It doesn't come because there's a spectacular preacher or great guest singers. It comes because God does an inward work and brings us humbly before Him and brings us to a humbleness where we are changed and have a desire for a holy life and a righteous life before Him. That's what we need today. As I watched last night, watched as this father... Little League World Series, proud as punch over his kid. That man can produce tears because his boy can throw a ball or run around a base. Shouldn't the church of God be able to produce a tear because of our unrighteousness? Can't we get some wet eyes over the fact that we got young people dying and going to hell? We can't get a, a snot or a teardrop anymore over the condition of the world. Can't get a, a drop of tear. 
We can't get a, a change of heart at our own condition. May God help us. Today, as we bring this to a close, you already know if you're lost and need to be saved. I don't have to tell you. I don't have to repeat something for you to try to get saved. If you're to be saved today, right now in your heart, don't even wait. You can pray right there. You can come down this aisle. Get right before God. See His righteousness and holiness and beg Him to save you. And He will call upon His name and you shall be saved today. But to those of you, to those of you who have walked with the Lord for so long, that you've lost that burden of righteousness and holiness in your own life, you say, well, I go to church, I wear the right clothes, I read my Bible and I pray. That's fine. You can carry that throughout your whole life, but I want more. I want more than that. I want more of who God is and more of who He is as holiness and righteousness. That's who He is. If I want more of an impact and a difference in this world, if I want kids and grandkids to come to know Christ and not just sit in church, it's going to be because I get a burden myself for what God has a burden for. Today we're going to sing in just a moment. We're going to have the piano play and as Amanda comes and, and she plays whatever she plays, this altar's open. And I pray that as I've preached that your heart has been open, as this book has been open, as the Word of God has gone forth. May God give us a burden that we might be clothed, first of all, in righteousness in order to be saved, but secondly, as we're walking daily, that we put on righteousness and holiness in our lives. Today, would we be changed by who God is? Let's all stand and as she plays, this altar's open. If you need to come, come. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for this time, for your word that has been open, for the songs that have been sung. God, I pray that you would help the people today, Lord, as we depart from this place, Lord, that we might glorify you in song one last time today before we dismiss, and that God, as we go from here, that we would be reminded of who you are, we would be changed by you. Lord, for those who have burdens today, that they would not leave this place today without getting it right. Lord, that today, no matter what the need might be, that you would reach down and touch us, encourage us, strengthen us, and guide us. 
We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Victory in Jesus. That's where our victory is, in Jesus. Thank you.